0: Coming up on the show, I get to know the woman my mom's been living with for three years.
1: We're one Chinese baby away from being the perfect lesbian couple.
0: And I finally ask my best friend if she calls the 50-year-old guy she's dating Daddy.
1: All the time,
2: absolutely. Poppy, Papa, old man.
0: She's joking.
2: No, no, that's disgusting. I would never...
0: And we go to a bar offering free camel rides.
2: Off we go. Hold on, you
3: lady. Balance yourself. Give him a tap. Give him a tap. We're going to go get Joe next. Come on, Cody.
0: I know. Join me for a trip home for the holidays on this debut episode of YOY. Stay with us.
4: My heart Couple years ago, as that with your mom on New Year's while she was dancing on the bar,
0: she was not. Well, it's either you were talking to some guy or dancing on the bar, that was the choice. That's Carrie, my mom's roommate. I used to think she was a bad influence on my mom, but it might be the other way around.
4: Guy comes up to me he's talking to me for a while he was like world cyclist and he goes you're an older woman okay yeah and he's like i'm 21 he's like what are you like 22 and then your mom hates us but i go mom look at this nice boy i met (laughs) (laughs) and then he was trying to come with a new
0: house rule (laughs) then there's a new house rule what's the new house rule
4: have to be older than your brother
0: <laughs> unless they're
4: grandfather <laughs> they can't is true wait who would be grandfather <laughs> before the rule before the rule would have been rule. one <laughs> A couple months younger than your brother
0: <laughs> my brother is 27 this is horrible
4: yeah he was like Trying to come home with us, and I'm like, I don't think my mom likes you. <laughs> I don't think she'll let you come home
1: with us. I will say that that's the same night that as the bar was closing, married Keppel said, We have a hotel room, we've got a room at the baker. And it occurred to me, What oh, do I know telling me that?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I found a 21 year old, and your mom approach was approached with a threesome. What we get for dancing on the bar? That's what
1: we get for <laughs> dancing on the bar. But that was a few years ago. Yeah, we're growing up there.
0: <laughs> so when I call and I say, Mom, how was your New Year's Eve? You left out that part of the story that
4: year? When she said swinging, you did not know how that
0: <laughs> You're listening to Y.O.Y. on WFMU. I'm Andrea Salenzi. You can join us live every Wednesday night, 7 to 8 p.m., after my favorite show in the whole wide world, 7 Second Delay. Next week on the show, I'm going to tell you all about the origins of this name, Y-O-Y. But first, it's time for you to meet my mom, the woman she lives with, my brother, my best friend, my second cousin, and a real live camel. Y-O-Y is a show about where love and sex meets technology, But it's also about me, mainly the things that make me uncomfortable and lonely and curious and drunk and naked and sometimes fired. All of these things make it on the show. Which is why, dear listener, you're coming home with me for the holidays in the Chicago suburbs. You are going to hear so many Chicago accents, it's insane but also a lot of awkward laughing and this incredible theme which is going to emerge throughout the hour which is a theme of the people that we bring into our lives and how they come to be there and how we keep them there. My mom's roommate Carrie says she's really intuitive, which I think is code for psychic. That's even how her marriage ended.
4: I found love letters in a closet. We had several closets in the basement and all the boxes. And I got up one day, opened up one box, and I found the love letters. And you just knew right to where to look. Yeah. It was kind of like just guided there, and I never even thought he was cheating. So that was huge slap in the face. So, yeah, there's a lot of intuitiveness. I mean... I think the most crazy one I told my best friend a year and a half ago. I could feel my light path changing. I'm like, I want to jump out of my skin. What's going on? What's wrong today? I'm like, I can feel things changing. That night, I met a very nice guy. He was about, oh, nine years older than me. He was moving to New Jersey the next day from local He proposed to me and wanted me to go with him. It was one of those nights where you're up all night, and it was probably one of the most honest nights of who each of us were, what we wanted, what we were looking for, and what we needed in this life out of someone. It was very interesting because he was like, okay, right now I have a two-bedroom apartment out there. You come with, we're getting a house. I said, well, then I need a dog. And we were just going back and forth, and we were very honest. I said I had been through a lot, and if I left, there would be transition, and I probably would feel some attachment issues. and just honest with him where I had been emotionally just with everything that I had done. He was like, I'm not like this. What's going on? He's like, what is it with you? Are you a gypsy? And I'm like, I'm really sorry. I'm like, here, read my text to my friend. He's like... Oh my god. (laughs) He's like, where have you been for three, four years? You have to come with me. I'm leaving tomorrow. But we tried long distance for a little bit, but it didn't work. Recently a girlfriend of mine, she introduced me to a nice guy. Clean cut, well dressed, nice job, never married, no kids from a friend you think like, okay, we're okay. We met as a group. He was enamored by me. Just a lot of attention, bought me dinner, bought me drinks, you know, just, you know, really attracted to who I was. It's like, I need to see you again. I wanna see you again. Like, okay, fine. About a week later, we go out, we watch a hockey game, we have drinks. It's fine. As for a second date. Starts texting me, hey, how's your day, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, we're talking out of the blue. So, Saturday, are you free? Hmm, no permanent plans. You know, what are you thinking? I have this swinger by girl party that I would like for you to go to and I go second date and you already want to swap me out Hmm. and he's like I don't want to see someone else with you I don't do the swinger lifestyle blah 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 and I go yeah and people sniff cocaine because they like the smell of it so that pretty much ended that one. Um, One guy offered to take me to a tilted kilt for a first date. What's that? It is a scantily clad female American-type bar. Girls look like Catholic schoolgirl. We go to lunch, and we're just talking. He's a sales manager, and we're talking about how much we work. And he goes into that he has a second job.
0: That's great. Ambitious. Bringing in an income. I know. Nice, attractive, professional man.
4: Male escort. His sister and brother-in-law run the business. And he kept talking about it and he goes, but I don't want you to see me that way. And I paused taking in the information and I looked at him and I go... Are you out with me on a date for professional or business reasons? <laughs> and he goes, oh, you don't need me. Definitely no. And I'm like, okay. And I go in to explain that my ex cheated on me and that I really don't like to share. And then he goes, oh, no, if I was with you, I'd quit my side job. <laughs> and I'm like, and he kept going into all of it and explaining it and... They were mostly female. He was explaining that most of the encounters were not physical. That actually women just want companionship. They want to go out dancing. I was like, "Mm, no, I just need to get back to work.
0: woman my mom lives with. She may have bad luck dating, but she has great luck with her friends. She and my mom are so close. They sometimes just sit on the couch together, watching TV and playing Facebook Scrabble on their phones together. My brother even tells the story about the time he came home and found them, well, watching porn together. The details of this are kind of murky, and I really don't want to think about it too much, but needless to say, the neighbors have been wondering. My mom jokes that her home has become a halfway house for divorcing women, but Carrie, her latest tenant, has been there over three years, and their relationship is special.
1: The neighbors around here, the, particularly the the pig who kind of lives behind us, I um he I said something to him one time, chatting over the fence like a good suburban neighbor does. <laughs> About you've probably noticed uh, a girlfriend of mine lives here now. You've probably seen her car. And he goes, "Oh, I see you got a young one this time."
0: <laughs> Later that night, my mom took me along country line dancing with her boyfriend Fred. As we drove there, she was on the phone with Carrie.
1: All right, have fun at uh, trivia. Okay, I'm waiting now. You look so cute though. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
0: So where are we going, Mom? To saddle up. What's saddle up? Tell me tell me what goes on. It's at a dance up.
1: hall and a saloon. It's where, a dance hall.
0: Okay, but that it's a specific kind of dance
1: hall. It is it's kind of a country line dance. Uh, the the dancing is all country. The music is not. I think if it was all country music, I never would have continued going there and learning how to dance. But the music is very... It's a good mix. Some is super corny country, but there'll be some more mm, light country or modern country. And then every once in a while, they'll completely throw something in that's practically... Um, I don't know all my music genres, but one song that we hear a lot is Zydeco. There's another dance that we do that we used to do to the Backstreet Boys. So whatever they are, boy band music. Um, I haven't heard this one song for a while, but when I first started going, we used to dance to uh, Cat Stevens back when he was still Cat Stevens, to a Cat Stevens song. So it's, it's an interesting mix of music, but the dancing is all country.
0: When we get to Saddle Up, how many people are you going to know who are there dancing? Are, is this your scene?
1: I would call it my scene, but this is definitely um, a familiar spot for me since I'm there usually twice a week, occasionally three times. There's a people that I see every single Wednesday for years now there when we first get there it will be about seven o'clock this is a different night because it's black wednesday so it will be very crowded and it will have a lot of newcomers and people who aren't there for the dancing but of the early crowd i'll know if there's 50 people i'll know them all when we first get there
0: and there's also going to be something
1: else that's special there tonight. Yes I don't know how this is going to go but they're making a big deal about it being hump day and apparently there's going to be free camel rides in the parking lot. I will point out that it's currently 22 degrees outside and I have absolutely no intention of getting on a camel in my short black dress in 22 degrees but they're trying to do something completely different tonight. Wednesday night is always ladies' night. There's no admission to get in for ladies. And it's always cheap drink night, like $2.50 for a drink. <clears throat> so people do come and get very overserved, And tonight probably will be no exception. And then the later into the evening, the, the more young people come, the more non-dancers come, and they're waiting for the roadhouse music to start at 10.30. But yeah, there's never been a camel before for hump day. So that will be a little different.
2: So I was telling one guy like about the next morning. I was like, man, I was like, man, I was like, Is this the back of the camel
0: line? Yeah? OK. Good.
3: You got one to ride with?
0: No. <laughs> we'll
3: hop together. We'll go together.
0: Really? That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. That's me in the camel line. I'm Jack, by the way. Oh, I'm Andrea. It's nice to meet you. here. <laughs> Andrea? Andrea. Andrea. Yeah. Okay. He's wearing a cowboy hat and has a mustache that curls up in the corners, but not in an ironic way. I instantly adore him for being so nice to me, and his laugh is literally like saying ha ha ha. <laughs> it's great. I don't know how to line dance. I feel really bad about it. I,
3: uh, my wife forced me into it back in 92. She made me an animal. Once I learned that I could do it, because I, I told her, it says, I'm rock and roll. I'm not country. I don't listen to country." Uh, but when I learned how to do it, forget it. I was gone. I was hooked. And then we also took uh, lead and follow, which uh, two-step, waltz, cha-cha, swing, double-two, and then we do uh, pattern dances, go around. So.
0: My mom's so good at it. I just like, once you get into it, you, it's like addicting, right? It is.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Are
3: you going
1: to go? Just. No. <laughs> Why not?
3: She's coming it's out to cheer. She's freaking right? cold
0: out here. <laughs> <laughs> Watch my, my daughter. Ride. This is my
1: oh, daughter. Karen. This is Hi, my daughter. Nice, nice to see you.
0: Nice to see you too. That's Karen mom. Okay. Yeah, oh, oh my going um, We're going to ride a camel together.
1: Oh, okay. By yourself. <laughs> are oh, you going? I can I, I don't. I came out to see what you were doing. I figured you would be.
3: Well, I've seen mom and dad dancing for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My wife usually comes here when our other friends come because she comes with me. I stay in a floor line dance. It's kind of boring for her. She'll. She yeah. does. She knows some of them, and I tell her like when to come out different line dances that are easy. She's
0: yeah. I'm not
3: very how would you call it, sociable when I get out of here dancing?
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, we also dance in the uh, Swiggle at the KC Hall. That'll be, uh, not this Friday, the following Friday, we'll be at the Squiggle. It's oh, kind of neat because we do different dances over there.
0: That's so great. I know. It's, I mean, I think it's just good for you to get out and move. And oh,
3: yeah. I, I would say I probably lose a pound a week.
0: Just been doing
3: this. Just, yeah, yeah.
0: It's so good for you.
3: Yeah, I used to be in the 180s. Now I stay in the low 70s, and middle now.
0: That's so good. So, yeah. It's... There isn't usually a camel though, right?
3: No. <laughs> this is unusual. <laughs> when I get close, I might call my wife up and say, Well, I'm getting ready, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait to see you. She'll... Yeah, she'll still be there.
1: Yeah. She'll still cooking. her. Are you having fun dancing? Yes, except some girls sat in our chairs and wouldn't get out. You, you asked know. her? Yeah. You know how you always take chairs, yes. and people sit, yes. you just yeah. go, that's my chair. This is
0: the major drama of the night. I'll spare you, and we can fast forward to more camel stuff. <laughs> Do you just ride the camel? How was it? I hurt my <laughs> badge.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. my God. Ow! God, it hurt! In the front of the line, real-life camels are doing small circles in a roped-off area of the parking lot. People climb a stairway, and they're lifted onto the camel by the owner's assistant. And now Jack is telling me some more stories from the Navy. We are still waiting in line.
3: Um, my last year, I went on a your escort, Edward McDonald. So
1: probably less than 20
0: degrees. Are you guys excited about the yes. th- the camel?
2: I've
1: never
0: yeah. ridden a living camel. <laughs> <animal. laughs> I have re- previous riding experience, so hopefully it'll be just the same. Really? Yeah. What, it, what was it like to, last time? I used, no, I used to horseback ride, so I'm hoping it'll be the same. Oh man, they have a muzzle on the camel.
5: <laughs>
6: the
0: camels are wearing we a scary muzzle. Oh, I'm so scared. Don't be. <laughs> what if it fucks us off?
4: Well, clearly they changed the angry one to the more calmer one, so.
1: <laughs> All right, so
4: balance yourself. Here we go. Got
3: her picture. Off we go. Hold on, young lady. Balance yourself. Come on, code. Give him a tap. Give him a tap. We're going to go get Joe next. Come on, I know. you got right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like
4: growling,
3: right? It's going. <laughs> 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 oh, a growl. on. Hold out here. Out here.
0: Are they cold?
6: No, they're not. I watched them are they unhappy?
0: Huh? Are, they, are the camels unhappy? Why? Because they're in the cold in a parking lot uh, and they're yeah. desert animals?
6: No, in the desert it's colder. You have to sit in the, in the front.
0: Okay. Shall we leave, leave my purse? Can you I my purse? No oh, with no. baby Huey, Yeah. Okay. Baby Huey, his this is baby Huey? Yeah.
6: yeah. yeah sit in
0: the- Just sit up here? Oh my God! Oh, poor camel! Oh, okay, it's my audio, my radio. All right, fine, let's go. Oh, Huey! While I rode the camel, I kept telling it, I'm so sorry for you, baby Huey. You're supposed to be in a desert, not Chicago, toting around drunk line dancers and me. I pet its thick camel fur, and it felt soft but cold, like when you leave your scarf in the car. The guy holding the chain attached to the muzzle listened to me trying to connect with the desert beast. He said, don't worry about baby Huey, I'm its daddy, which was a creepy thing to hear a man say about his camel. And the words didn't make me feel better. Because parents don't always sign a lifetime contract to be parents and only parents. Sometimes parents send their baby camels away to work the parking lot at a country bar. And sometimes they make friends, get a nice boyfriend and dance on bars on New Year's Eve. special rock again. Okay, the, the rocks here make a crazy sound if you throw them, and I'm going to put the recorder down by the ice so you guys can all hear this. We're all standing on the edge of a frozen lake. We're in Antioch, Illinois. It's about an hour north of Chicago, almost to Wisconsin. The sun is setting, and I have seriously never been someplace that felt more beautiful and quiet and just the whole world is glowing. My best friend and my brother Mike just posed for a photo of themselves crashing into each other. <laughs> and that was the sound of their knees hitting the ice.
7: really hurt. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm oh, okay. We are going too fast. I know thought we had it though. Absolutely. I did. <laughs> Look at this crack. That was my knee. <laughs> <laughs> is it your knee or my knee? I think it was my, my
0: hip. Oh god. That was so <laughs> stupid. Where are we guys? What's going on? This is my brother Michael.
7: What's up?
0: Where are we right now?
7: We are in Antioch, Illinois on <laughs> Petite Lake.
0: On ice. Doesn't mean it's a small lake. Just because it's called Petite Lake doesn't mean it's it's that small it's no, a beautiful big lake
7: It's actually a part of the chain of lakes, which is I, think, I believe about four hundred and eighty eight miles of shoreline
0: Al Capone buried bodies here, or by buried I mean threw them in to the muck.
7: I'm not saying anything
0: <laughs> um and we're standing on frozen ice, just like sliding around chilling Casey's here, frozen ice. I like that it's we're not dancing just ice. on <laughs> just frozen <laughs> ice frozen ice <laughs> I had to clarify. <laughs> Um, also here is another family member. Welcome, Stevie.
8: Hello, world.
0: Um, you are taking awesome long exposure photographs on the ice.
8: Yes, I'm very patient. It's
0: gorgeous. Holy cow.
8: I know this is radio, so this isn't, taking pictures isn't really...
0: I'll, I'll, I'll embed this on the playlist. It, right. People will see this. <laughs> so uh, we were just talking about online dating... Um, and Stevie, you have some experience with this.
8: I have much experience with it. It's not all good. It's some good, some bad, some hilarious. But uh, I was dating this girl, and we were going out for a couple months. And I actually kind of met her, honestly, through online dating in two ways. One was I was uh, out one night with some friends. We were at a bar, and me and a other buddy met this girl from Boston, Liz. And... We started talking to her and I said, "Hey, my roommates from Boston." So, they all had a good bonding experience over both being from Boston. The night ended and we went our separate ways and didn't see her um again for a while. And then I was browsing the web pages of OK Cupid and uh I saw a girl who looked familiar and I was browsing her profile searching for any information about being from Boston and I didn't find any, so I decided to send her a message saying, "Hey, are you from Boston?" She responded saying yes I am are you and I said no but my roommate is and I explained the story of how we met this was about a month after we had met a month or two or so and um was she
0: super creeped out that you remembered all this
8: she thought it was hilarious actually she just said something like lol la 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 ha 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 what a night what a night so uh I was going to leave it at that because I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. And then like a day later, she asked when we were hanging out again. So I said, it's actually my roommate's birthday tomorrow night. You should come out. So she uh, came out and met us out, and we had a good time that night. And then I had a show the following week uh, where I was going to be playing guitar and singing and trying to impress everybody with my musical abilities. And so uh, I invited her out, and she brought a friend who she had met earlier that week, and this girl's name was Sarah, so Sarah's at the show, and I meet Sarah, and I kind of like Sarah, and my roommate tries to play matchmaker, so Sarah and I start dating, and uh, it's going well, like, we-, we dated for a couple months, and then finally, um, I was curious, I was like, she had said some things about her online profile, and I'm like, that kind of sounds familiar, and I was curious as to what our compatibility match would be on OK Cupid. so we both had deactivate our profiles by then but we both logged on to see oh what man
0: our... you guys deactivated your profiles that's a big step it did it did yeah
8: because uh she was sick of getting messages and she had actually quit before we had even met so but i look we were like a 90 percent match i'm like okay that makes sense because we're dating and so i'm browsing through a profile and i see a little icon saying last contacted april something as such so this was like months before i had even met her And I was, like, met her in real life, and I was like, oh, my God, I knew your profile sounded familiar. So I uh, went to my messages to see what I sent her, and her screen name was Sarah with an H, um, because her name is Sarah and it ends with an H. And I had told her that story that I think it's funny when people always ask you how you spell your name, and when they say, is that Sarah with an H or without an H, some people will say, it's with an ass and then you're like oh fist to the head okay never mind so anyway in my message to her months before on the online dating I had sent her a message relaying that story and I was like ha 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 that's kind of funny what's your favorite sushi and I never heard from her and so I was like I sent you a message and you didn't respond to me and now you're dating me I'm like what kind of Nonsense is that. I'm like, this is why I hate online dating because it's so bogus. Because a girl that will go out with me, give me her number in a bar, won't even respond to my message online. So she made up some. Well, I don't think she made up a story. What did she
0: say? Why did she say she didn't respond? She
8: said because it was in the middle of like a period where she was on like four dates with four different guys within like a week and was just like overloaded and didn't want to like talk to any more guys or whatever. So, and she said she saw something in my profile that. Like she thought I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be happy with her about or something like that, or wouldn't fit her what I'm looking for. So.
0: Do you know what it it was?
8: Well, she said something like, "I had some joke about some crappy pun about how I like, I like my women, like I like my food, healthy and well prepared, not fast and cheap," and so she and it's just kind of stupid. Like I, I don't know.
0: Thought on a bumper sticker one. No, that he thought it should it be on a bumper
8: sticker. On. No, it's actually an original work, but original quote. So I'll take the, the blame and the credit. But uh, she said something like, Well, she's like, Well, I'm not healthy. I don't need healthy. And I mean, not she, she's like out of shape or anything, but she saw that as like a red flag. And that, I mean, it, it's just BS. Like, that's why the online dating thing is BS because a girl will look for any excuse to not want to message you because girls get way too many messages anyway so like any tiny little thing they're gonna be like i'm not even gonna respond so it's just total bs and so she felt really bad about it because i kept kind of i thought it was hilarious like i wasn't really like upset at her for not responding i understand that whatever if she didn't want to date a ton of guys or whatever but i just think it speaks to the absurdity of online dating that someone you could meet in public would would be into you but then if you, like, sent them a message online, they wouldn't even, like, respond. And I think, like...
0: I think she would have responded if you hadn't asked about the sushi. I think the sushi is really where we funny wrong The funny we thing
8: the funny th- is that's what she said, too. She's like, I didn't really know. I didn't really know what to say. But I'm, like, I'm sure in her profile it said somewhere, like, favorite foods was sushi. And so I wasn't just going to tell her this story cuz that's the worst when you like tell a story but there's no call to action in any sort of message like if it's just like if you were selling a car and you're like hey look these are great cars and you'd be like okay that's a, that's great that's a great car but you have to follow it up with saying you should buy one buy a car for me so i gave her this story about sarah with an h and how idiots don't get what you're asking when you say is that sarah with an h or without an h and they say with an s so i told her that story which i thought would make her laugh and then i was like so what's your favorite sushi place as like an icebreaker comment because that's super easy to respond to but she said she's like i don't know i didn't know if what sushi place i would say but i'm like well if you put in your profile that you like sushi you obviously have to have some sort of opinion on it so maybe that's why but well i we broke up because i wasn't feeling as intense about the relationship as she was and um I felt disingenuous um, kind of leading her on, so to speak, if I knew, like, she was getting really into me, and I'm like, you know, I guess I don't feel as strongly as I should, Um, i.e., Andrea will know this. I went on a date with a girl about a year ago, and it was a Sunday morning at 7 in the morning, and I was out late, but I liked this girl so much, I was going to go out on a date on a Sunday morning at 7 a.m., like, wake up early on my day off, and I kind of used that as my my uh, litmus test to see if I really like a girl. Would I go out with her at seven in the morning on my day off? And if the answer is no, then I'm not that in her. So I guess I just, um, didn't want to continue a relationship that I saw going nowhere long term. When.
0: As you, so what you're really saying is that she wasn't healthy enough, right?
8: <laughs> <laughs> no. It um, wasn't healthy yeah. enough for a relationship, but, yeah. um, Aww. yeah. So, but she was a really great girl in a lot of ways. And, In a previous life, or in my younger days, I probably would have dated her for a really long time. But uh, I've kind of dated enough people to learn that if you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, I don't see this going super long-term, it's a little disingenuous to continue on the relationship. Unless that's what you're into, but I'm not super into, like, casually dating. Like, I don't want to, I don't need somebody around to be happy and fulfilled. Um, But, um, yeah, so...
0: That that really, like, I can really relate to that. I think that there's a point where you, when we were younger, we were able to lie to ourselves or, like, be convinced that something's going to change. But right. now that we know ourselves better, I don't know. I think that's the difference between, like, 23 and 28.
8: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you, once you, once you know if you're into somebody, and I always heard this from old people, when you know, you know. And, like, it's very true. Like, you're either, my whole saying now is if you have to think about whether you're into somebody or not, you're not. Or if you have to think about is this guy, does this girl like me? I can't tell. If you can't tell, that means they don't, because you'd be able to tell. Like, I know, obviously, everyone shows affection differently, but, like, it's pretty obvious if somebody's got the hots for you or they don't. And um, there's shades of gray within that, but usually, if you have to think about it, the answer's no. So that's. I what just want
0: to give was. you ten points for the phrase, got the hots for you.
8: <laughs> that's what the kids saying these days on the Instagram and the Twitter. Hashtag, Got the HOTS hashtag with a Z. It's H-O-T-Z, not an S.
0: You can follow Steve on Instagram at
8: hip underscore hipster underscore ray. Even though my name isn't Ray, but it's a that's another long story. But yeah, I take great photos, so check it out.
0: He does. Follow hip underscore hipster underscore ray. Also I wanna ask you, you self identify as a hipster?
8: Well, I another story which is kinda of funny. Uh, Instagram, I've been on Instagram for one year ago, actually yesterday, and I thought it was a totally ridiculous app. I thought it was literally just a bunch of hipsters taking crappy pictures with lousy filters, and so I reluctantly joined when uh, the girl I was dating at the time suggested that I join Instagram. So I joined and made a super ironic um, username hip hipster ray and if you, you guys are not catching it it's a play on words hip hip hooray and hipsters be on instagram so i'm like hip 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 hipster ray so that's where it came from and then once it kind of caught on i was kind of i know you can change your username but i was kind of stuck with it and so it's kind of like my ironic thing and i guess i'm turning into a hipster now so i guess it's uh i don't know but there, there's good hipsters and bad hipsters just like good witches and bad witches you know
0: How great is my cousin Steve? I especially love it when he said this.
8: LOL, la la la, ha ha ha, what a night, what a night.
0: His story is a reminder of how hard it can be to be a nice guy on a website like OkCupid. Here's his tip. He says, if it seems like a guy or girl has put a lot of thought into their message, you should reply. Even if it's just to say, hey, I don't think we're a match, but thanks for this nice note. It'll just make the website a more friendly place. As we wrap up this series of moments and stories from my trip home for the holidays, I present to you, dear listener, my last recording. It's from a drive home in the dark with my two favorite people on the entire planet. They are talking about something very similar to what Steve was saying. Is it important to bring someone into your life for the long-term or is short-term okay? So I'm in the car with my brother.
7: My name is Michael.
0: And my friend, uh, Julie. Julie. Uh, and we were just talking about who Julie's dating right now. And Michael had a really good question. Why do you date a 50 year old man? Yeah, you gotta
7: give him some backstory here.
0: Julie's in a relationship with a 50-year-old dude, and Michael wanted to know what was I think they're dudes at 50. I think they're men
2: at 50. What's the dude? He rides also a motorcycle. Let them know how he old Julie
7: is? Julie. Okay. Because if Julie's 45, and he's 50. Telling you guys them that are he's clearly
0: 50, better at radio than me. <laughs>
7: <laughs> you just you, you need to paint a picture for your audience.
2: I want your help painting the picture. I feel like we could do this in back editing, though. I am a 28, God, almost 29-year-old woman, Caucasian female, five six, a little ADD, slight ADD,
0: professional job,
2: professional.
0: Working on Very a, few hobbies.
2: Working on an advanced degree. Working on an advanced degree. Occasional smoker. Occasional smoker. Now I'm incriminating myself. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I am dating a fellow who I go to school with who is going to be turning 50 in January. And the age difference is what? It's 20 ish, maybe 21 years.
0: How old is his oldest child? Oh, God. 22. So there's a lot of questions that come up when you hear that.
2: Yeah, it's not comfortable. I was very happy. I suggested that he lie about my age. I would be very comfortable pretending to be 35 for a very long time. But
7: could be a really good looking 35 year old. I
2: would feel great about being 35. Absolutely. Have the skin of a 25 year old, 28 year old, 30 year old, but not a 35 year old. It would be
0: nice. But he still knows I mean he's the luckiest man on earth. No, you know,
2: that's nice you to say. he feels that way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, he gets he has this wonderful time with the like the beautiful twenty eight year old. It's not a question though. You're I just <laughs> I'm just saying that he's got He has the better end of the deal.
2: He has a pretty good end of the deal. Absolutely, right? I mean, I think so. However, I am probably more stressful to him than someone his own age. You send text messages after 10 p.m. Sometimes they are explicit. <laughs> now let
7: me ask you. Yeah. Does he look like he's 50?
2: No. Absolutely not. He looks phenomenal. I think he looks like he's 50. Andrea does think he looks like he's 50. He has a phenomenal body. Probably one of the best looking men I've dated. And he's got deep wrinkles, but they're, they're you know, they're handsome. A little bit of salt and pepper hair, but other than that, yeah, he looks. I think he looks great.
7: So now how do you guys act in public together?
2: Oh, God. We make out in every corner of every bar. It's awful. I hate it. It's like so much PDA. I've never had this much PDA with him. I don't understand this part of myself.
0: I would have never known that about you guys. Yeah,
2: there are some times where I'm like, I can't believe that this is me. But I am so... Wait, excited. tell me
0: all the places you guys have made out.
2: Andrea, name, name it. <laughs> have you made out at
0: Shea Charlie's? Yes. Have you made out of, out of the shipyard? The ship? The ship. No,
2: no. Because I don't have... I have Thursdays, who's got that time now? Grunauer. Yes.
7: <laughs> now, do you feel awkward?
2: Yeah, well, I feel, I mean... I feel
7: like people are looking at you like, she's so young and he's...
2: Is that her dad? Is that her dad? So there have been a few bars that are definitely been questionable. Because I, I like dive bars. And um, there was one where some guy was leaving and he like sort of wrapped his knuckles on the table and said, He's too old for you. <laughs> and he was leaving. And then I thought, hey, you're you're old and with a transvestite, so I don't know where I file this. <laughs> but... It's, I am not PDA, I, I've never done that, and with my ex-boyfriend, I never did that. But with him, it's just, I am very physically attracted to him, and I don't mind. It's strange
0: to me. Michael, you asked something interesting earlier. You said, is he your sugar daddy? Absolutely not. It couldn't, that, nothing could be farther from that. I and. Mean, does it bother you that someone, that people might think he's your sugar daddy? I think if you're going to
2: date someone older, then you have to be able to suspend the importance of other people's judgment. I think that there's a lot of things that come with dating someone at any age where you have to be able to say like, it's important to me that people read this relationship in one way. But then I think the older that you get and the more comfortable you get with yourself, you really just start to say, is this what I want to be doing? And if it is, that's enough.
7: Now, do you feel that he he likes to do a lot of PDA? Do you think that's because he's trying to claim you?
2: <laughs> if he were smart. I'd, I'd like
7: let everybody in the bar know that you're his? Um,
2: you know, I, if he were different when we weren't together, if he were someone who I thought was very jealous and protective when we weren't together, I might question that behavior, but he's he's very relaxed, and you know i I posted that that photo of you at the lake yesterday, and he hasn't even brought it up. I mean he knows that I'm here with Andrea, he knows that I'm on vacation, but he never asked who's that guy, what's going on, and so well, I he think probably
7: recognize the same last name
0: probably,
2: but i it's through and through with him, I've never gotten a sense of a jealousy or an insecurity. I think I think that the emotional response I get from him at a bar is just because we're very physically
0: attracted to each other. They have like a they have a super duper chemistry.
2: Yeah. It's
0: that is
2: we we ask each other all the time, is it just about the sex? And I think if it weren't for it, it never would have gotten this far. But it, it's unlike anything I've had with someone else. You call him daddy? All the time, absolutely, Poppy, Papa, <laughs> old man. No, no, that's <laughs> disgusting. I would never. A joke. I know.
0: <laughs> but there's
2: something weird to me about guys who want to be called daddy. I don't know. Is there such a thing as a reverse for daddy complex? Can you have like a? Child complex? Well it's guys calling girls baby. But don't you think about what's involved in that. I call everyone baby like when I'm dating someone baby, babe, darling, sweetheart. Endearments are something that I think I I love them. But I don't know, someone calling me baby doesn't freak me out, even if they are twenty years older. Because you don't think of it as the word baby like baby. Now if he's like call me daddy, I'd be like, Okay, let's talk about this. (laughs) I'm gonna call you I'm
0: gonna call you like stepdaddy but you guys are bringing a lot of um dirty talk into your lives what what are the names that you call each other
2: (laughs) the endearments stay very generic they're not I mean he called me a whore once I almost ripped his face off (laughs) like that will not stand
0: well I initially had an issue with you dating this person this much older man because he had an age-appropriate girlfriend at the time you guys started seeing each other Which and I felt weird about fair. you being the other woman
2: absolutely and when we first found each other I was not aware and then when I became aware I, I mean yes I should this this is sensitive for me I don't like this part of the kind of the story but yes he was dating someone
0: I think I they went on family him. vacations together and where I, their kids were friends. You know I ended it when I found out about that. Um, there's a lot of weirdness also. Like, you you can't visit his the home. It took, you guys have been together for months before you could see where he lived. Yeah. You're going to be a secret from his kids for a while. Well, he started telling them about me.
2: Really? Yeah. He told his oldest one about me, and he told him how old I was, and this made me angry because I was... I kind of wanted to, to come into this on my terms. So
0: what's the game plan for when you meet as kids? There is none. I'm not ready to meet as kids. But you walk in, you say, call me mom.
2: Yeah, I say, absolutely. <laughs> Clean your room, brush my hair, <laughs> and call me mom. You have to call me mom now. <laughs> yeah, I'm your new mother.
7: You get to tell them what to do.
2: Right, this yeah. is like having slaves or minions. <laughs>
0: absolutely. And it's great because I didn't even have to give birth to them. Um, Casey has my blessing now. Like I've learned, I've gotten a sense of Well, let me ask you of this. What's what's changed your mind about it? Well,
7: I haven't really gotten your blessing. Okay. We can no. get we can get into some deeper questions. I mean, what's what's the real reason? I mean, what are you going to get out of this? Do you not want to have kids one day, exactly. do you? You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, do you want to take care of him in 20 years when he gets, you know, back pain? I mean,
2: or, right when he falls down the, the ski slope. I know. I so think what, about this.
7: What, you know, what's your long term plan?
2: But do you need a long term plan? Because Andrea and I have talked about this at length. Dating in Kansas City and dating as a woman in Kansas City, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything in the meantime. I don't feel like the love of my life is at Shay Charlie's and I'm just missing it because I'm not paying attention. I really feel like I am choosing to sacrifice finding the long-term, the long-term game plan for the short-term satisfaction, and I'm not sure that that's wrong or bad at this point.
7: I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But you don't see anything long-term.
2: How can there be something long-term with someone so significantly older than you? Like, I don't see myself in Kansas City long-term. I don't see my life having a consistent trajectory long-term. So everything around me feels pretty temporary. That's going to probably get really hard at some point.
0: You have at least two more years left in Kansas City, maybe. And if you continue to see each other for two years, I mean, that's two years where you're both not meeting someone
7: build a strong emotional connection to him and then just end it for no reason
2: I, i i love how you put that because there's something so brutally honest in there but is it ending it for no reason if it was started with the understanding that it would end
7: are you guys both having that same understanding? I think so. He knows. He. So.
2: This has been a, a very big hurdle for us to even get this far. Is that he? He was not comfortable with the idea that he would be dating someone who was so temporary.
0: I don't know, Michael. You're right. Like, yeah, yeah. But like on that. the other on the other side, Michael's like really focused on an end game right now, which sounds like that's not a. bad... Michael really knows that he wants a wife and a family, and a lot of the decisions that you're making right now are working towards having that, which in my circle, no one talks about wanting that or like we're pursuing that but in but in your circles, that's like a more acceptable thing to be chasing after so I don't know like you you feel weird if I say that I want that
2: i do, and when you when you went through that phase where you were not explicitly saying it but all of your actions were so clearly going back to you were looking for a boyfriend and god damn you were going to find one there was something that made me very uncomfortable about that period of time because i wanted i wanted to be like all the things that you really like about him don't seem to be things that you really like about him <laughs> he's he's uh what would you say like um he returns my texts so quickly, and I always know that we can hang out all the time. And, you know, he's, I'm like, what about his personality? What about the way that you guys communicate? Like, is My happy? dog likes him so much. Yes. You wouldn't break up with someone because Mabel had gotten too attached to it. But it was so strange to me because the qualities that I know that would fulfill you about someone weren't the qualities that you were appreciating most about them.
0: Yeah, I think you can't look for someone for someone's sake, but also you shouldn't be dishonest about wanting to find someone if that's what you're doing at that time. So
2: I don't know. I mean, do we, are we at a period in time where you sort of have this window where you can just s- not screw around, but experiment and not feel like you need a goal? Or should we be constantly purging things from our lives that don't seem like the right thing long term.
0: This is Y.O.Y., the debut episode. I'm Andrea Salenzi. Thank you to everyone who let me stick a microphone in your face this holiday. I love you all so much, and I want you in my life long term. You can subscribe to the Y.O.Y. podcast by visiting yoyradio.com. There you'll find photos from today's show and learn more about the music we featured. There you can also sign up for our mailing list. That's where I'll be blasting you with all the upcoming show topics and asking for your stories. A few in the queue include juice fasting, Lulu, Tinder, robot sex and more. Got something? Tweet at Andrea Salenzi. Our podcast artwork is by Greg Harrison at gregcircenow.com. He is so talented. Thank you, Greg. Stay tuned for Dave Emery, my favorite anti-fascist, back on the airwaves. This is WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, and in Rockland County at 91.9 FM and online. WFMU.org.
2: You
4: paint it any color you like, just so long as I can live with you.
2: I want a
1: house built of old wood. You
2: could paint it any. I
6: My name is Dave Emery, and it is my pleasure and privilege to present to you this, by the way, is side A of For the Record, program number 749. We are speaking with John Loftus, a man I consider to be a genuine American hero, the author of, among other titles, way back in 1982, The Belarus Secret, then The Secret War Against the Jews, and Unholy Trinity, both co-authored with Mark Aarons. Uh, The Witness Tree and uh, Valhalla's Wake, which we will speak about, and most recently an updated and uncensored version of the Belarus secret, America's Nazi secret. John Loftus, welcome back once again to our airwaves.
5: Well, thank you, Dave. I've been away for a while. I'm recovering from some... uh surgery but it's
6: good to be back well I'm recovering from major jawbone and uh, mouth surgery uh, the tooth and in sp- infection spread and so I had 15 hours of surgery and I'm still talking like Elmer fudd so uh oh uh, I think
5: you you notice the difference but nobody else
6: does no it, it, it's there but uh, it's it's still the same old me with the same old blues <laughs> and uh, so or news good as it have were. You back it well, it, it's good to be back, and, uh, and by the way, if listeners who have not heard the program are interested in some of the more recent developments and my take on them, uh, the news and supplemental section of the Spitfire List website has about two years' uh, worth of blogging material. I was blogging almost as soon as I got out of intensive care, and there's tons of information in there. Uh, John, the, in recent weeks... Uh, we have been deluged with stories about the NSA leaker Ed Snowden, who has been disclosing that the National Security Agency and the British GCHQ have been hoovering up vacuum cleaning massive amounts of electronic communication, and no doubt you were shocked, shocked to learn that there is <laughs> gambling going on in this establishment.
5: You know, and it's a funny thing, but I've been... Um saying this stuff for years, way back when I wrote The Secret War Against the Jews, there was a very uh, controversial passage that was censored out of my book, then put back in. Um, I don't think that people understand that 90% of what Snowden is saying has been out there. Of course, we vacuum up everything electronically in any digital form, anywhere in the world, every day. Uh, The argument is that's not Violates civil rights it's only until someone quote targets it that they actually listen to it that that's when your you know uh, bill of rights stuff comes in your fourth amendment right against uh, uh, unreasonable search and seizure well targeting means someone has to actually sit down at a computer and type your name in and then it will search through uh, the trash can of all collected uh, things and, and, and pull out your, your talks um, I wrote in The Secret War Against the Jews that what's been happening is, in order to evade the little requirement for search warrants, which apparently some people think is just a typo in the Bill of Rights, that uh, we've been having uh, the British Secret Service uses the NSA's computers to bug American citizens. And the American NSA uses British computers to bug British citizens. So each side can truthfully swear they're not spying on their own citizens. They're not. They're just swapping illegally obtained information. Um, that's been going on for an awful long long time it's, it's the big loophole in this intelligence sharing stuff
6: uh, john so we've been we've been, uh, we've been talking about that in our interviews since june of 1995 on absolutely. and off absolutely
5: yeah now what snowden apparently was shocked shocked that this was happening and i think he made one valid point that there really is not enough supervision there is supervision I mean, we have both congressional supervision in the form of reviews by the two intelligence committees, and we have judicial supervision in the terms of the FISA court. Um, But he's saying that needs to be tightened up, and I agree with him there. I think he was stupid to do what he did. He should have gone to Congress. You know, and as I told uh, Jonathan Pollard, you know, if you'd just gone to Congress with this stuff, uh, you would have been a national hero. And now you're simply going to be a target of prosecution.
6: Uh, well, one of the things that I find um, interesting, again, this, this information has been on the public record. You and I have spoken about it. I've written about it. And being based here in the Silicon Valley, the belly of the beast, so to speak, I can tell all the audience without qualification that not only the internet, but all of these related functions, their smartphones. All of this stuff, the social networks, are inextricably linked with military and intelligence developed technology. So, again, I'm shocked, shocked to learn that there's gambling going on in the establishment. But over in Europe, John, they are really shocked, shocked to learn that there's gambling going on um, in the establishment.
5: Dave, uh, among my many security clearances um, was a cosmic clearance for all NATO top secret. Everybody in NATO, everybody was involved with wiretapping and recording what their own citizens said. The Americans have the most protection. The Europeans are absolutely, well, next to Russia. You know, next to Russia, uh, that doesn't even make, make a pretense of having privacy and civil rights. The European nations all monitor what their citizens say.
6: Uh, there was when uh, in the late 1990s there was a flap about the echelon and men with hill facilities uh, again a logical internet development uh, of the, the the phone call vacuuming and a European Parliamentary report from September of 2001 published I should say in September. Of uh, 2001 said a number of European countries have the same capabilities. Of course, I
5: mean it's technology um, makes it very simple to record uh, conversations, emails, digital faxes, anything that is in electronic form is recorded and saved. Now, what's legal? Um, well, a, a phone book obviously has metadata. It has information about your phone number and where you live. Um, If you add to that uh, your telephone bill, the numbers of the people you are calling, you can get some very good intelligence information from that. So the intelligence agency is saying that metadata, phone book data, we don't need a search warrant for that. Well, I kind of think they do. Um, Now, believe me, I've dabbled in metadata myself. there was a a terrorist case down in Florida, Sammy Alarian that I got involved in. And what we did was, a buddy of mine, we sent out advertisements to all of L. Arion's supporters saying, we want you to try our international calling card free for 90 days, and we hope they will sign up with us in the future. Well, one of the idiots actually used our card, so we became, uh, for a brief period of time, the phone service for Al-Qaeda. We became the mob L of terrorism, because once one person volunteered to have us be their phone company, then we were able to buy the phone bills of everyone that he called. And from the metadata, we were able to make a logistical map of all the terrorist support cells in the U.S. This is about uh, eight months after 9-11. And it was so successful, you know, at first when we gave it to Northern Command, and they were a little skeptical, then they ran our list of phone numbers through their computer, and it looked looked like a Christmas tree, that we had found a way to identify logistic terrorist cells in the U.S. And Northern Command went crazy. They said, my God, next to North Korean nukes, this is the most important project we had. And from our metadata, they then were able to successfully obtain search warrants. The FBI took credit, of course. We never did get that million-dollar reward for justice, they promised. But because someone volunteered to have us be their phone company.